Hi, it's Matt, and welcome to the second series of the Cult Creator Experience, a podcast designed to share with you great digital leaders, podcasting, and content creation. I'm on a mission to help you find success through content creation. In this second series, I wanted to try something a little bit different. Series one was all about my process and sharing with you what I consider when I'm making a podcast. And that got me thinking, I wonder what people consider success in content creation. So in the second series, I'm going to go out there and find other creators. I've got 10 different stories to share with you and 10 different definitions of what success looks like from their content creation. But before we get into the show, can I just ask quickly that you hit the subscribe or follow button on your podcasting app of choice so that you can keep up with all of these incredible tales of success through content and podcasting. And without further ado, let's get into the podcast. In this episode of The Creator Experience, we are joined by Steve Worthy. Now, Steve has so much expertise in retail leadership, executive coaching, podcasting, live streaming, and just being an awesome human being. Now, Steve's journey started way back in 2007 when he was doing blog talk radio content. And his original content was about being a husband and an entrepreneur. And then his career kind of got in the way, his co-host ran out of time, that podcast died down, and Steve launched The Worthy Show, offering leadership coaching to the masses. Now, Steve is a continual learner and he always wants to hone his craft. So he sought out professional podcast advice. And that advice was to niche down. We hear this a lot, right? And niche down he did. And that gave birth to the Retail Leadership Podcast. And off the success of that podcast, Steve has now launched Podcasters Live a new show dedicated to helping people learn to live stream and to podcast to grow their businesses. We talked about so much in this episode. It's jam-packed, full of great nuggets of information. We talked about niching down and finding the right audience for your content. We talked about using your content to solve a problem. We talked about understanding the difference between consumption and downloads. Steve shares his incredible secrets behind how he has a one-day podcast production process, and he shares his comprehensive engagement strategy for all of his content. This is a great episode. I really hope it helps you on your podcasting journey. Steve, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm going to jump straight into it and I'm going to ask, can you introduce yourself and your podcast, please? Absolutely. My name is Steve Worthy. Uh, my podcast, I actually have two. Um, my first one is our Retail Leadership with Steve Worthy, where we focus on helping retail leaders uh, go from managers to leaders, helping them understand the community, how to communicate so that they can advance their career. And then we are launching Podcasters Live, the audio podcast. And that is just a derivative of our live stream where we help podcasters understand how to grow their community and their influence um, using using that live stream. Yeah, cool. If we could go to your first podcast, yeah, can you share your journey up until the point that you were like, I'm going to start to create audio content? What was that journey? 
Yeah, you know, I actually, so in um, in 2007, I actually started a podcast, um, a buddy of mine. We actually initially did something on Blog Talk Radio, and a guy that we knew, our, actually CEO for our, for our company that we were working for, he told us about podcasting, and we didn't know anything about it. We were just doing this Blog Talk Radio thing, and then he said, no, you, this is what you guys need to do. So we started to strip the audio out, got an RSS feed, and started uploading it, and for we did that for about four years, and it was a podcast to help husbands who were entrepreneurs, but uh, help them how to balance being an entrepreneur and also um, be a husband as well and family life and stuff like that. So we did that for about four years, and um, probably about four years ago, I started back up again with a podcast called The Worthy Podcast. It was, like, <laughs> yeah, it's super like no one knew what the hell it was, neither did I. Um, I, I felt like I have a pretty cool last name, so I just tried to utilize that, <laughs> and I didn't have a clear vision for what I wanted to do. I was doing leadership coaching from that, um, but then my massive part of my career has been in retail as a retail executive, and so it just made sense. I kind of found my utopia helping retail leaders, and so it, it just kind of morphed into this niche that I really enjoy, and so I've just been doing it ever since, and so we... We try to produce a podcast every week. Um, we do a live stream um, as well. That's kind of kind of a companion to it. So it's um, we've just been enjoying the journey. That's amazing. Um, right back at the beginning as well, 2009, 2010. Yeah. Jeez. I must have taken so many steps to do podcasting back then. People can it, just... It was crazy. It was crazy. Like um, like we like I said, we didn't know. We, we used Blog Talk Radio. So what we were... What we were doing was we felt we were ahead of our time um, actually mm. utilizing that. And then we didn't, our our CEO at the company was always a tech, like, forward guy. And so he was like, dude, you guys got to do this. Like, this is what you need to do. Like, your your stuff is good. But we are like, okay, what are the, what's the, what is the RSS feed? Like, how do we create a file? Where do we upload this thing to? How do people get it? Because, you know, the whole download piece you know, wasn't like a, a massive thing back then, yeah. you know, but he was just, he saw the future and he helped us kind of like move towards it. So we felt that we were, you know, kind of ahead of our time with initially, but then we, when we started a podcast, we were like, you know, yeah, we're doing this whole podcast thing. And everyone's like, the hell's the, what, what, what is that? Is that pirate radio? <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, it's not, it's not pirate radio. <laughs> exactly. But it's pirate, just on the internet? What? It's pirate radio, right? <laughs> What is this, Napster? What are you, what are you doing? What, what, what <laughs> You're going to get a job for this. <laughs> what are you doing? Are you on MySpace? What, 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 is, what is all of that stuff? Exactly. They were pirate radio. I mean, they had all these different versions of what we were doing. And honestly, mm. we we didn't really know either. I mean, we didn't know what podcasting was, what it was going to be like. And and so I, I felt interest. I felt like, like I said, we were kind of like sort of pioneers initially. Mm. And we started doing that. And um but then I, you know, we we started making a lot more money in our careers, and so we were just like, "All right, dude, we got it. We can't, we can't do this it's on a consistent basis." Too much time. So we stopped. Yeah, yeah. So did the uh, the Worthy Show uh, evolve into your retail leadership show? It did. It did. We were doing executive coaching. We we're focused on executive coaching at that time, but it was super broad. And um, so what I did was I, I felt the content was was good. But the audience and direction were were wrong, and so I actually got a podcast coach. Okay, cool. Yep. Yeah, so I got a coach, 
Um, Charlie, Charlie um, uh, Valher, he's over in Australia. Good dude. Met with him. He actually did an audit first of my podcast. And he was like, dude, you got good content, but I just think your audience is wrong. And, um, right. and so we met and um, I was like, okay, dude, I want to bring you on as a coach. And so he said, okay, I need you. So we start talking about career, yada, yada, yada. And he's like, this whole retail thing, you know, talk to me about that. The mm. funny part was that about two weeks prior to that, someone, um, a good friend of mine, they said, dude, you should do like a podcast on retail. And I was like, ah, nah, I'm going to wait for like the word, the worthy podcast to blow up. And then I'll do, then I'll do that one. Right. And, um, and, and, and Charlie said, um, you know, after our, our first session, he said that, okay, I need you to come back with like 13 topics, you know, for retail leadership. And, and so we can just go from there. Mm. And, um, man, <clears throat> I ended up coming back with 40. <laughs> I, I literally came back with 40 and some of those were could potentially be series, right. That I could break down into like four different, you know, you know, um, episodes within a, a series. Yeah. So 40 to 50. And it was just like the skies opened up, the seas parted and it, the, the level of clarity that I had was just great. But I think just like a lot of other people who are thinking about um, their podcast or, or the content creation, when you hear the word niche down or niche down, you kind of like, I don't know if I want to do that because I want to help everybody. You know yeah. what I That's what I want to do. I want to help everybody and you can't do it. Yeah, that's interesting. And when you come to sort of, you discovered that our audience wasn't quite right for The Worthy Show, what kind of insights did you get to, to sort of identify that this, I'm trying to help too many people. And then moving forward into the retail leadership, how did you identify that new audience and where they were? Yeah, great question. Great question. So I, I had a, I had a, um, a Facebook group and it was a coaching Facebook group. And about 80% of the people that were in that group were, were retail leaders. Right. Um, and 20% were just from other industries that just like the content and like the, the focus. And so um, so I just did, I did, you know, did some research with those guys talking about topics and different things that they would like to see, um, mm. different perspectives, gave them some of my old uh, episodes and they were like, that would be great if you were to, I mean, you know, we talked about, um, I don't gossip, imposter syndrome, sponsorship versus mentorship. Right, right. We talked about a whole bunch of different like coaching and leadership topics and they were like, well, I would love if you were able to kind of like maybe you know, kind of customize it, if you will, to the retail industry. And so just after all of that, you know, kind of good feedback and just all my my experience, all the content that I already had and like my notebooks and I take a whole bunch of notes for my entire career and just look back on all of that stuff. I was like, this is just, this is just stuff that needs to be said. And so we started putting it out there and got a really great response. And I think the one cool thing is that tell people this all the time is that when you are really clear with your your message and what you're going after, you will start to get people that are outside of your niche, right? Mm. That come in because they like the clarity and they 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 some of the, something that you may that you say may resonate with them because it's so clear and they're like, dude, okay, I like what Matt's saying, man. That's actually pretty cool. I don't particularly yeah. care for his industry, but you know what? He's he's actually saying it with some conviction. And so maybe I'll take a listen to it. So I think that's one of the powers of, of niching down and making sure that you're clear with your message. It's interesting that the numbers you threw up there were 80 and 20. Everyone's mm. a big fan of the 80-20 rule. Pareto principle, man. Pareto principle. You got it. 
Yeah. And I guess that, that's a real definition of niching down is that, that you have that core audience, but there will always be people that want to jump on board or want to move into the industry or want to understand the topic more. Mm-hmm. I think I found in TV over the 15 years is people want to create stuff that appeals to everyone, right? Yeah. But when they're describing it, they try and describe the whole story to the point, you know, when you see a movie trailer and you know the film's not going to be great because you've identified that those are all the good <laughs> points in the movie, in the trailer. Exactly. It doesn't lead anything to the imagination. You're like, I know exactly what's going to happen in that film. Exactly. And that's the truth with content, isn't it? You've got to just really offer something. So let's talk about the the product itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your podcasting format? And did you evolve that format? Like you said, you've used stuff like imposter syndrome is in every mm-hmm. niche and in every industry. And you were repurposing that to speak particularly to retail. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what format is the show now and how has it evolved? Yeah, it's interesting. So um, the the format is is, is, is similar. But I think the structure of the of the episodes are have uh, have evolved. Where initially I was just presenting content, and I wasn't focused on helping people solve a problem. And so the initially with with um, the worthy podcast, it was just presenting the content. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I realized was that I had to help people solve a problem. And so the actual format, so if you will. A lot of it is a lot of his monologue, um, and then there's also interviews as well that I actually put in there as well too. So it's kind of a hybrid, if you will. But yeah. we start with the problem that people are people are facing, right? And you know, and you know, doing research and talking to people in the audience, and you know, we get a lot of content from our live stream that we actually bring into the actual podcast as well from mm-hmm. comments and things like that. And then we start with the problem, we start with the solution. But the one thing that I've added um, that I, I've received a lot of really good feedback for is like, what's the North Star? So, okay, Steve, you're telling me to do X, Y, and Z, um, but what does that look like, right? If I if I put this into play, what does that look like? And then what what if I don't put this into play? What does that look like? So so that way, it's not just me helping. Um, providing a problem than providing a solution, but I, I also want them to see themselves in the solution, some mm. measure thereof. And so we've evolved it in that in that context. And I feel actually really good about that that format because instead of me just disseminating information, I'm actually providing some context and then helping them see themselves in the solution as well. Yeah, I think that's so important. I think more and more content is learning to go that way. Uh, I think even coaching strategies where 100%. Okay, you need to identify the problem because some people don't know they had a problem. I mean, we were all happy hailing cabs before Uber. I didn't, <laughs> exactly. I didn't realize I had a problem. I didn't realize calling the old lady on the phone was a problem. <laughs> but now Uber's here, I realized that there was a problem and a solution. So identifying the problem and the solution is the bare minimum. Agreed. But understanding the transformation and uh, sharing that personal experience and the storytelling is definitely a, a, a synchronization of the two things, like understanding a problem and how am I going to solve it? What is the transformation I'm going to receive? Agreed. Well, there's ownership. So, you know, one of the things that we we talk about all the time is not just the, the result, but, you know, I tell this, I say, you know, the more you know yourself, the more you can say no to certain things. As a leader... The tendency is that we want to have everything. We try to put so much on our plate because the tendency is that we feel like we can do it. But the best leaders, of course, they have the ability to delegate and things like that. But the ability to have self-awareness and, and also some emotional intelligence, you, you're, you're able to kind of 
um, solve problems a lot, a lot quicker. And so when we start to talk about ownership, you know, within the coaching aspect, you know, that for me is, is huge because we see it. All, I just, I see it all the time. I see it on social media and, and, and everybody's just given, you know, the solution to that person's problem or they think they are. And then guess what? The person's still struggling with it because there's no ownership attached to the solution. Right. And they can't see themselves in the solution. And so, yeah, from, sure. a co- so, so from a coaching standpoint, we that's the goal for me is to help them see themselves, uh, take ownership, and then they can continue to move the process forward. Because once they do that, now you're, you're really truly just kind of hands off and kind of help guiding them. You know, but I think that's that's the most critical part that a lot of people fail to realize that they need to do. Yeah, that auto-regulation or yes. that sort of ownership piece is key to, not everyone has one problem to solve. 100%. So giving people the power to triage their own priorities. Because, you know, how do you walk a thousand miles? Well, you take one step mm-hmm. to start. But if you take a step in the wrong direction, correct, you've got a thousand and one to go. Uh, and it just kind of snowballs from there. Yeah. Solving the problem, that was obviously is now one of the determinants for success. But have you had any other determinants for success? What makes your podcast successful to you? You know, that's a great question. So I am, um, <laughs> I always say to everybody, I am not anti-download. I am pro-consumption. Um, <laughs> and how, how does that work? Share it. <laughs> so, um, I, I, you know, I think a lot of people get caught up in the download aspects of, of their podcast. You know, I understand if you want to get sponsorship and you want to do different things like that, I, I get it. I am more of a fan of having people that we work with with Podcasters Live and even myself. I want more people to listen to more of my show. Mm-hmm. Like the consumption aspect to 70, 80% of my show than just getting a whole bunch of different downloads because we all know the download piece can is is uh, is pretty elusive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it can mean certain things and it just because it's downloaded doesn't mean people have actually listened to it. And so I, I try, I take pride in getting feedback from people, you know, whether it's in our Facebook group or emails or whatever that have listened to the show and I'm like, oh snap, okay, I didn't say that until like, you know, like the 35th minute. So they actually listened to it. They actually listened to, yeah. you know, so, you know, the majority of it and they don't care if it's two or three people, that's cool. But the other way that I think I measure success too is like if, if, we, if we were to get clients from our podcast. So that's, you know, everybody talks about monetization. Everybody has their own structure and things like that. But for me, if I'm able to get clients based off of proof of concept from, you know, our, our podcast or our live stream, then that lets me know it's resonating with people. And so for me, that's actually a massive win. The download numbers have been, have been pretty cool too um, to yeah. kind of see. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here as like, you know, I don't look at them. But I, um, I, that would, I would be super lying if I did. But yeah, I, I, like the millionaires I, with money. Money's yeah. not everything. Yeah, You're a millionaire. <laughs> this isn't fair. <laughs> exactly. Money's, money's not everything. Yeah. You yeah, don't need okay. that money. Yeah. I do. Okay. Well, give it to me. Let give me, me all of yours <laughs> and then see what happens. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I look at those two, two, those two aspects from a success standpoint. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, let's talk about how you create your show. Mm-hmm. What kind of um, pre production goes into your podcasting? You know, I have a notion. So I, I have notion that I use and I just dump, brain dump <laughs> everything. I like a lot of people probably do. I brain dump titles. I bring up concepts, all these different things in, into notion. So that way I can capture it. The cool thing is I actually have, you know, notions is, is on your iPad, your everything, your phone. 
Um, yeah. So for me, it's capturing, you know, ideas first and foremost. I think the, the, the quantity is more important than the quality initially because you can always kind of go back and, and refine. And so yeah. just being able to have a process in place to initially capture the thought is, is super important. You know, initially I was old school. I had my little, um, I don't know if I have it. Oh, here it is right here. Uh, it's, it's, it doesn't leave me. My little black book nice. that I had for years that I write. I have I've wrote so many leadership notes in this little thing. I think I have like four or five of these all over the place. But wow. I think that's the start. And then from yeah. there, it, it just becomes a matter of looking at the retail industry as well. What are some of the things that are taking place, of course, with covid um, mm-hmm. Over the last couple of years, um, how are leaders dealing with COVID? How are dealers, uh, leaders, um, you know, the empathy that's associated with leadership now when you have people who have lost something, you know, mm-hmm. a family member or things like that. And so really kind of reading the the, the the landscape, if you will, of the industry and then taking some of those brain dump pieces and then kind of formatting them into, you know, um, what we're what we're looking at today as well. And mm. then taking that, and then I actually have a, once again, I have a format within Notions, the problem, a lead-in, the problem, the solution. And typically I give like three like steps to, to the solution because the power of three. Um, yeah, sure. I provide the North Star um, and then what it looks like if it doesn't work. And then I, and then I do the close. Keep it, I try to keep it as very simple um, mm. as possible. Um, that way I can build some consistency into what I'm saying and the actual structure. And I, for me, that's that's actually kind of how it works. And then once I, once I recorded, for retail leadership, I actually do the editing, you know, myself. You know, for Podcasters Live, I've actually outsourced that because I wanted that to be a little different. But for mm-hmm. retail leadership, I actually do the editing myself on Hindenburg Pro, upload it, you know, do, do, I, do, I do it all myself as well on that process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how long does that process take you from once we've got everything ready in Notion to go, we're going to hit the record button. How long does it take you to record all the way through to publish? Yeah, so I actually record and I edit the same day. So I'm an early morning person. So I typically try to get up early mornings like around, you know, if I don't go to the gym or something like that, I may start recording at like 6.30. And typically, however long the episodes are, um, I try to keep them with worthy retail under 15 to 20 minutes now. Initially, um, with with the worthy podcast, I thought I was I thought I was Joe Rogan and going like an hour, <laughs> an hour and a half, and you know I was like, who the heck? Who, nobody knows you. Who, who are you? Got time for this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, 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 who are you? <laughs> so I I looked at the um, Apple Connect analytics, and they you know people were dropping off at the 30, 35 minute mark, and so I just I said, well, let me just bump that back even a little bit more. We've been seeing some better numbers from that that process. But I typically record, it takes probably about, if I'm in a really good flow, and man, it only takes me really about like an hour to to, to record because I record in chunks. And then what happens and is that after I finish like a segment or a section, something else triggers. And I'm like, right. oh, snap. Well, I may want to actually add this into this next segment because it's a better lead. And so I'll yeah. edit right right then on the fly. And then I'll kind of look at it again and then I'll start recording again. So typically an hour, hour and a half. Then the editing process um, with Hindenburg Pro, it, um, I already have my intro, outro already set up, music already set up in there. So it just becomes a matter of editing and that probably takes about another two hours or so 
to kind of like get it get it how I want as well. So and then from there, export it out. I tend to use some of my notes that I've already had for my um, episode for my for my show notes. So that actually makes it a lot easier for me to kind of just you know, you know kind of take that process a little bit over. So that's why I'm really the upfront piece is probably the most important part because I use that to, for some of the notes as well. Um, so you're, we're probably talking about you know five or six hours, if you will, you know, yeah, and which is crazy for like a 15, 20 minute episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the the question a lot of people raise a lot often in sort of podcasting communities is, what are you editing? So yeah. you're editing. Um, what are you editing? Yeah, I, you know, I am not an um and ah guy, right? I don't really edit those out, you know, because okay. I've actually sort of trained myself a little bit more too. So part of one of the things that I've I've done previously was over here in the states we have this thing called Toastmasters, where it's it's, pu- it's public speaking, and you know they 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 pretty much train you how to actually have the pause and not to say um and ah and all that stuff. And I did some um, some voiceover training as well, which helped me with just understanding, you know, m- you know, my voice and how mm. to utilize it, how to, you know, with, um, you know, uh, enunciation and how to actually kind of get the most out of this tool that I have. And so, so for me, cutting out the ums and ahs aren't, aren't that big of a deal. I'm more so looking for flow, you know, in the conversation. Cause a lot of times I'll say something at the tail end of a, like a little segment that's pretty dope. And I'm like, Oh snap, that's actually pretty good. And I'll cut that out and I'll actually put it to the front. And then it's just, and it, and it just makes sense because for me, I don't know how everybody else thinks, but for me, cause I'm a New Yorker too. So I, as I'm talking, more sh- crap is coming to me <laughs> and, and more, <laughs> I think awesomeness is coming to me as I'm talking. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good. And I'm like, I, I, and I'm looking, I don't even have that written down what I just said. <laughs> and so I go yeah. back and I just edit and kind of make sure that the, everything flows. So that's yeah. kind of what I edit is the actual flow to make yeah. sure it just all makes sense. It's actually part of the host training that I deliver is um, I advise hosts to ask the question. And then when the guest has finished answering, just sit and wait. Mm-hmm. And normally that awkward silence will bring their thoughts together and they'll say the same answer, but more cohesive. Correct. And I think that's how everyone's mind works. Correct. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, I just find it interesting because some people are anti-editing. They're like, this is me, this is raw. Podcasting is you know an extension of a live stream. Or some people are, are really, really meticulous about their editing because they're concerned about the listener and it's about the listener, right? So mm. they don't want the listener experience to be good, bad, or um, ugly, you know? Yeah, we start that up front. That's what you're, mm. with the audio piece. So one of the first things I took very seriously was was the audio aspect, of course, the sound of, of the podcast. So for me, when I started in this room, I didn't have any, um, any treatment in this room. Mm. And I started with a condenser mic. It's actually up. We probably can't see it, but it's oh, it's right there. It's um, um, uh, a Rode NT USB, right? Okay, yeah. That's right. A mini, and that's what picks up every freaking thing. Sensitive, yeah. Oh, everything. So I would literally have to get up super early in the morning while everybody was asleep to record. Um, and then you could hear do people some... thinking in another room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Exactly, exactly. It shows up on the podcast. Like, why is, that, why is this yeah. somebody's thoughts on my podcast? There's a dog, two postcodes yeah. over. That's interesting, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, no, yeah, then, I think that's cool. Yeah, but then once you start to get into the the craft of podcasting, I call it, you start yeah. to realize that, you know, the, the room that you record in is super important. Um, and then once you're able to do something like that now, you know, the the sound quality shouldn't be so much of an issue, if you will. But then you just have to worry about making sure that I think for the, for the audience that it, it flows. It's a it's sort of a business for me podcast, if you will. So mm. being able to not so much be cut and cut and dry, I do put some humor into it. But yeah, it, you know, just to be able to make sure that I, I get to the point with people because they are retail leaders and they're quick, they're fast, they yeah. they don't have a lot of time, and so that fifteen to twenty minutes is like perfect. Yeah. Right. So how often are you publishing an episode of the Retail Leadership Podcast? Yeah, man. My goal is every week. As you said, I, I said my goal is is weekly. You yeah. know, so I've uh, I've been hit and miss with a couple of things because I've had a couple other projects that I've been working on. But the, the, the cool thing is that we are consistently um, trying to make sure that we put it out. If we mm. if we go two weeks, then we may go two weeks or whatever. But we're, we're trying to um, be consistent with that process. Yeah. Let's talk about the promotion of your podcast. How much marketing do you do and that kind of letting the world know where you are so people can discover you? Yeah, that's a great that's a great point. You know, I think, um, you know, for, for us, part of it is, you know, I'm not an audiogram guy. I, I don't know why I should be. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really not. Well, they don't convert as well as people think, but they are content, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think, I think for me, Building up momentum with the consistency of, of releasing a podcast is, is, is big. Um, mm. One of the things that we try to do within our, within our group is kind of leverage, leverage the Facebook group. And I need to do more of that. I, I fell off with that because we've been so focused on Podcasters Live a lot. Yeah. And um, utilizing the group to actually help promote the podcast has probably been one of the biggest pieces for us, you know, from a, you know, from a listenership standpoint. You know, now we're actually going to be moving more into LinkedIn as well, too. And mm-hmm. so we are putting a strategy together to actually promote more on LinkedIn than we than we did previously. Because as we start to get back more into uh, Worthy Retail You, we realize that that's where a lot of our audience is as well. So we kind of neglected uh, LinkedIn a little bit. Mm. Um, but now that they're moving into the, 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 the podcasts and newsletters and different things like that, you know, we feel that we want to definitely take advantage of that. So we do that. And then we do posts, of course, on, on, on Instagram. And we've been able to see some traction from that. People actually leaving the post and actually going going and clicking on a link to actually listen to the podcast as well. So not cool. as much as you would probably think, but it is, it's actually been something, uh, you know, for us. But we feel like the, the live stream has, has been the, the biggest piece for us. Once we utilize the live stream, now more people are able to actually know that we actually do have an audio podcast as well. I had uh, James Critlin on on Podcasters Live a while ago, and we were talking about the idea around consumption, once again, of your podcast. Your podcast could be discovered somewhere else in another platform, but the consumption of it, of course, will happen on Apple, you know, Spotify, or whatever it may be. So it all depends on what you want. You know, what, what do you want? you know, from your podcast? Do you want just the consumption or do you want just people to go and just download the thing? Yeah, I think that's important to sort of repurpose your content to make it as accessible. And, and if people want to come back to that audio-only format, it's there. 
And when you said um, you were going to try and utilize your Facebook group more, do you mean just promoting to that Facebook group or are you going to mobilize people within that Facebook group to promote on your behalf? Yeah, both. Yeah, both actually. Right. So I'm glad that's a, that's a great point. I think the mobilization of having people be, you know, sort of your your champion, you know, mm. for your for your podcast. We've actually have several people um, already, you know, making sure that every time we, we're promoting something, they're they're sharing it and they're and they're sending it out. But I think the the engagement factor, you know, around your um, one one of the things I used to do, and um, I, I think I'm going to start doing it again. And I was doing it for for the worthy podcast. I did this thing called After the Podcast, and it was like a quick little live stream about the podcast episode mm. where, you know, I just was in the community talking a little bit about the podcast episode that was actually going to be released. Didn't give away too much, but actually, you know, so if it was going to be released on Monday. I think I did something on Saturday mornings or Fridays and then just went into the community and just, just spoke a little bit about it. But then I had other things that I wanted to talk about. But right, it was right, okay. it was a really good tool to get people excited, get people thinking about it. You know, hey, it's going to be released on Monday, and it just worked within my my workflow. So I'm thinking I'm going to end up doing something like that again to actually start um, with the with the promotion of everything else that we got going on. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great idea. And you could also do the other side of the podcast as well. Like episode went out on a Monday, Tuesday afternoon, Facebook Live. Here's what we discussed. Did you listen to it? Do you have any questions? Just supporting that cycle of engagement, right? That's exactly, the- exactly. Especially you have a guest too, right? I think one of the things that I was excited about to talk to the community was like, dude, you got to listen to this episode. You have to listen to, the, you know, this guest. And like, I had this uh, young, young lady on um, Valerie Poe. You know, this was with the Worthy Podcast, and she was a twenty-two-year-old aspiring coach over in Singapore, and you know, and she was just so mature for age. I mean, just hearing her speak you thought she was like 40, like just the maturity level of how she thought for me was just, it was captivating. And so um, I brought her on the show and, and um, you know, that was actually one of my most popular shows because she came from a culture that was more, she was more of a contrarian in that culture of like freedom of speech. And this is the things that I want to do. And I, I want to set my own career. It, it was just, it was just, it was just really good. So I, I utilized that platform to kind of promote that and was just one of our most popular ones yeah have you utilized any of these sort of social audio platforms you know i was on clubhouse and i do have a room um, everyone says clubhouse i was on clubhouse i was on clubhouse (laughs) um you know because everybody you know as we say over in the states everybody and their mama thought you know clubhouse was going to kill podcasting and i was like you guys are you guys are stupid. Stop yeah. it! <laughs> Just stop! Like, come on now! Stop! Yeah. Oh my! This is Clubhouse going to kill podcasting? And da, 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 da. Like, stop! It's not. It's not because they just didn't. It, anyway, I just it just wasn't. So I was on there. LinkedIn um, audio is probably going to be maybe the one that I may use. Mm-hmm. I've actually been on LinkedIn audios as a as a guest, you know, s- several times, which has actually been pretty cool. Yeah. So I haven't hosted um, one myself, but I've actually been on several of them um, on LinkedIn. So I think if anything, we may try to put that into our um, into our workflow. And, and, you, and you know this, man. One of the things that could you can get you can get swamped with like all the different freaking tools and yeah. directions and 
platforms and all of that stuff, dude. And I'm just like, okay, does this make sense? Yeah. You know, first and foremost for, for us to do. And I think a lot of people in your, in your audience probably will, so are struggling with the same thing. Yeah. So if it doesn't make sense and fits within your workflow, then sometimes it, it, it while it may be great, maybe the, the, the next shiny object, I'm not sure if it's going to be something that's going to be feasible long-term. So that's the, that's how I look at it. Yeah, I think pick one or two. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're starting out as a content creator. 100%. If you consider that you've got to be on Facebook, Instagram, or you should be conversations on Twitter, or LinkedIn's now going to be the place to go if you've got a B2B podcast. Yeah. But then you've got the social audio platforms on top of that, the Clubhouse and the Wisdom and the yeah. LinkedIn audio, and the Twitter rooms. And you think, right, okay. And then I need to be talking to my audience. I mean, we didn't touch on email marketing, but do you exactly. use your email list? I mean, you've got to worry about that. And if you don't have one, then you need to build one. And then you need to think, right, now I need an opt-in. And you haven't even recorded your podcast yet. And you're worrying about these sort of tentacles that go out into the community. And you, you've got to come back to that. Why am I doing this? 100%. And who needs it? And then work out where they are. Uh, yeah, it's interesting that you're kind of, you're, you're keeping your eye on where people are and how that responds. Do it a couple of times, see how it responds. Don't cry if it doesn't work, right? No, no, no. I mean, we we, we, we have a newsletter that's actually been pretty good for us too uh, mm-hmm. with Retail Leadership with Steve Worthy. So it's been actually really good. So we, um, we, we produce that every two weeks as well. And that's actually been really good. So we promote the podcast on that as well. Um, and then we've been using different lead magnets, of course, to kind of grow the list. Um, okay. And, and so we've, we've really just tried to, you know, hone hone in on like what's what's work what's going to work but i think the other thing is that you got to be in this for the long haul you know you 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 know it takes time yeah. <laughs> when i was in um i did a quick stint in project management as a um, regional director for business development and um this was around the same time when i was doing the podcasting i initially started back in in, in the uh, late 2000s and, you know we could buy email and you still probably can you know we used to buy email lists I mean, it, it was like, you know, be a thousand people on this list and then we'd scrub the list and then, you know, we'd use it, you know, to send out different pieces of content, white papers to yeah. all these different companies and stuff like that. And we come back and 40% of the list gets bounced. Um, yeah. 20% <laughs> didn't open. Yeah, exactly. But you, it was a numbers game, you know, mm. back, you know, back then, I think. When I think about that strategy that we used back then, I'm I, I'm not utilizing that strategy. I think we're a little more, I guess, not polished, but we want to make sure that we got the right people on the list. And our open rate and then click through rate has actually been pretty good. Mm-mm. And so, I think we've been able to kind of create a good formula. And so now we're just trying to scale that formula, if you will. Yeah. And have you been disseminating those opt-ins from content in the podcast? Exactly. 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 And just making it easier for, for, for people to consume and to connect, um, to provide feedback, you know, as well. You know, uh, you know, what is this? How does this work? You know, what did, what did you think about this article? What do you think about the, um, the, the, the information? What did you think about the, the podcast? Right. We're just really just always trying to get, you know, information. You know, if we get one, two percent of people to respond back, you know, with, you know, an email or something like that. Mm. Or even just uh, something, you know, we're we're static because we know that it's time, right? It's a person's time. And that's what people don't understand a lot of times with podcasting. It's like, dude, this is an exchange. The mm. content that you're giving out, you know, you're 
you are taking someone's time away from their family or from their job or for something yeah, else. Yeah. It's a commitment. Yeah. It's a commitment. And so you you got to, I hate to use the word value because this has been so overused too right now. That <laughs> value and authentic, authentic, right? Yeah, and authenticity. It's like, yeah. oh my gosh. And so a good friend of mine, Cher Jones, um, we just, we, we, we have a little, it's almost like a drinking game if we're watching the same live stream. Like, it's almost like, you know, we hear the word value. It's like we, you know, hashtag value, hashtag yeah. value, hashtag, you know, so it's like a little game. But, you know, so we always try to see if we can get some value from people, if, if our content is providing value. <laughs> yeah. I think value sometimes is just uh, concise information, right? That solves the problem. Period. Essentially, yeah. Um, Opt-in-wise, have you seen any opt-in formats that have worked well for you? Are they workshops? Are they PDFs? What kind of stuff have you been creating? Yeah, PDFs has actually been been, been the best ones for us, right? So we are we have a webinar that's actually coming up too, and we're going to actually be doing it on imposter syndrome for leaders as well. So um, we're excited about that one. So we're just um, creating the structure, and um, you know, you know, for that, but. The, the PDFs have actually been, you know, worked, you know, checklists, um, articles, right? Things that um, really resonate with, you know, with a retail leader, you mm -hmm. know, um, workplace conflict resolution has probably right. been one of our most popular ones um, that that uh, people have been downloading. Um, it's just because... <laughs> They're working happens. from home, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah but now, <laughs> yeah, but now, but now, but now when retail, you're at, you're, you know... Uh, you're at the you're in the buildings, right? And so you're working with all these people that, you know, you, you don't really want to work with. No, <laughs> and, yeah. and so, and then half the time you're leading these people. So now you're you're the leader trying to figure out how to, you know, do some workplace um, conflict resolution. And so we get a lot of people actually downloading. That's actually been one of our biggest topics too to to kind of talk about as well. Mm. Yeah, awesome. Well, this has been fantastic. Um, I just want to wrap up with my, some of my ritual questions, if that's all yeah, right. absolutely. Let's start with, what podcasts or content inspire you and why? Ooh, ooh. Um, gosh. So, a podcast that I love, um, mm -hmm. 20,000 Hertz. Um, Very good. Dallas Taylor, yeah. I love the production. I love the research that they do. Um, like, especially my, my favorite one was the McDonald's uh, jingle. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that one, uh, that one just, um, it, it was, it, it's, it's just one of my, I always, I always send everybody to that one first, you know, because it's, it resonates with everybody. Everyone knows it. Yeah. yeah. Everybody knows it. So it's almost like it catches them. They're like, they're, it grabs them. They're like, oh dude, this is, this is super awesome. His stuff from a, a, a content creator standpoint too, there are probably two people that I really like. There's a whole bunch of people I like, but like some uh, Colin and Samir are two YouTubers and they interview content creators. Mm. They do a great job of storytelling and bringing you in. And um, I actually just did an episode for Podcasters Live on like why, why, why should live stream, why should podcasters live stream and what can you learn from like YouTubers? Like YouTubers do a great job, really good YouTubers of bringing you into the story quickly. Yeah. Like quickly, like you don't, they don't have any time. And so they do a great job of that. And then my other guy that I like, he's over in Sweden, Peter Lindgren. Um, he does, he does photography and, you know, some tech stuff, but he has a vlog that I love. I love how he tells a story. So those two from a YouTube standpoint are, are two people that every time an episode kind of comes out, I'm watching their stuff. And then 20,000 Hertz, Radio Lab. Um mm. James Critlin's Podland, 
I mean, every Thursday and then pod news. So yeah, those that not the usual suspects, but those are those are some of the people that really truly inspire me. There's definitely a storytelling theme there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a nice way to receive information. It kind of sticks a little bit better, I find. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, for you, what is the hardest part of podcasting? Ooh, um, it's it's uh, overanalyzing your your podcast after after you finished it. And you like, you know, even though you're like, okay, this is actually pretty good. And you're like, ooh, but I could have I could have said this or I could have said that. And then yeah. just letting it go. I've learned to kind of like let go a little bit more and let it breathe, if mm. you will. And then get on to the next, get on to the next one, right? Because there's always the next one. So I think the hardest part sometimes is like um, after you've finished creating it to sometimes let it go and realize that you got to get on to the next one. And, yeah, and then on the there's, next one. So there's an expression in music that a mix is never completed; it's merely abandoned. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. That's like a good one. That's like I'm stealing that one. <laughs> uh, how do you stay accountable for creating your content? You've said you've had some sort of missed episodes recently, as you've done other projects. But what brings you back to just keep going? You know, um, I, for, for me, it's it's kind of some self accountability, but then there's also surrounding yourself with other c- creators. We call it, you know, you, you know, your trusted counsel people that, you know, James Hicks, um, uh, Sherry Jones, um, Walter Gaynor, like we we all hold each other accountable for for creating content. And so, dude, you haven't. Um, I remember this one episode. I was so pressed to kind of get it out. I don't. I don't really write. I don't write it out. I don't script. I don't script my my uh, my podcast out. And I scripted this one, and I was pretty much almost reading it verbatim, hmm. but I wanted to get it out. And this was like sometime last year, Walter, you know, called me and he was like, dude, yeah, I just listened to the episode. I said, yeah, 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 yeah. What, you know, what you think? Sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sucked. Like you were reading the script. And I, well, I was like, kind of was. It's like, Rumbled. Dude, yeah. 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 Stop it. Don't do that. Don't do that. So having people around you that can call you on your BS and and um, is super important, and you you can't be married to your to your content or to to it so much that you where you can't allow criticism, if you will, or feedback. Yeah. That because if you have a trusted people, they're really just they just want to make you better. So yeah. having those it's not people, malicious. yeah, man. So that's a, that's a critical part of it. Yeah. What uh, small change has made a huge difference to you creating content? Um, Notion. <laughs> Notion, yeah. I, I mean, uh, it, it really has um, because initially I was handwriting stuff and then I put it like in a Word doc. I had I didn't have any um, systems in place. Mm. And so now having Notion, um, I have my interview calendars in here. I have... Um, all the guests that are going to be on here, and I have all the notes for, for that guest in here. So when I'm doing an interview, it's all right here for me. Um, all my podcast episodes, everything that I've done, I've got a system in place. So when it's complete, I check it off. It co- it's complete and it goes down to the bottom. Like yeah. so, having a system in place, you know, for me, and then you know, taking the time to set the system up is was probably the hardest part. But once you're able to do that. Um, you can make some little tweaks, but it, it's probably been like, you know, the, the smallest yet biggest change that's uh, impacted my workflow. Yeah, 
I might have to have another look at Notion. I've used it a few times, but I remember two years ago getting ideas for content down and I had Evernote that was yeah. using a yeah. Zap to talk to Todoist and then that was backing up to Dropbox in case that I didn't just didn't trust any of the systems. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, you end up then creating nothing and I didn't do anything for years. So yeah, Notion, awesome. What advice would you give to a new content creator or someone sitting on the fence wondering if it's for them? Oh, wow. Um, I, and I say this often, is that there's somebody out there waiting for, 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 for your content. There's somebody out there waiting to hear what you got to say. You know, people may hear that often or whatever, but it's, it's so true. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that until like, you know, when I started putting out podcasts and content and then getting the feedback, oh, dude, that's exactly what I needed to hear. What yeah. you said is exactly what I was experiencing. And all it takes is one of those. And then you're like, oh, dude, this is so dope. And But there is somebody waiting to hear what you have to say. I know that may sound a little pompous, right? And you're like, mm. oh, my gosh, well, who am I? Who am I? Yeah. You know, no, it's not. It's it, Your experiences will resonate with somebody. And so whoever it is is waiting for you to say what it is that you're trying to say. You know, a lot of times we say just start. Yes, you, you do have to start. But I also think is that over time you have to start to take this seriously, right? Because mm. it, it is a craft. I, I firmly believe, con, you know, on podcasting, live streaming, it's a, it's a craft. And mm. you, you're going you're gonna to take some time. You're going to have to do some financial investment. But I think right now you just got to get your voice, you know, out there. And somebody, somebody needs to hear what you got to say. Yeah, definitely. Moving in the right direction, isn't it? It's uh it doesn't matter how, just start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what three values would you want to be known for through your content? Ooh. Ooh. Just three. That's a great question. And I'm stealing that question too. That's a great question. Um, what three values that I want? Oh, wow. Um, you know, and I know we joked around with this word, but um, I, I, authenticity, yeah. you know, okay. I, I really do. Um, yeah. Because... Um, I, I do pride myself on some of that. And um, I think the other thing is, um, oh, wow. I, 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 man, I, damn, that's a good question. I never get stumped. I <laughs> never get stumped. And that's, you, you really stumped me. I've done oh, it. Good, dude, that's, oh, man, I ain't coming back on the show. <laughs> Damn, I know one. everything I need to. <laughs> no, it's good. I'll oh, run you dry. Yeah, right. Oh, man. You know, um, when I said authenticity, you know, mm. I honestly feel like your content is a is an outcropping of who you are. And I think mm. for me, I take pride in being approachable. Mm. You know, okay. yeah, I, I, I take a lot of pride as a leader in, in my career and being approachable where people can kind of let their hair down in front of me and just like say stuff, even if I disagreed with it or whatever, they feel the the security to say what it is that they want to say. And I will take it and you know, take it as such. So I think, you know, having a content that's approachable and it doesn't take itself too seriously, but they take how we deal with people very seriously and what and, and understanding that, um, you know, your life and what you do, we do take seriously, but we don't take ourselves too serious. I think um, the last one would probably be, I don't know, I have a, I have a grandson now. And, and so I think... Um, you know, big word is like, is like legacy is like, I want him to be able to hear my stuff when Mm. he's, he's older and it, it will help him, um, you know, kind of like, oh, wow. Okay. That was my granddad. 
you know, I, I, he was saying X, Y, and Z about whatever it may be. But I, I do take a point of pride in making sure that what we put out is is quality and not not so much evergreen. It's just I just think it's like if it's really good quality content and it's of it has substance, then I think it's going to resonate with people. And I want to continuously do that so that, you know, when my grandson gets 10, 15 years old, he's able to kind of listen to some of this stuff and it still kind of resonates, even if he's driving flying cars and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You know? He still un- still understands what your purpose was and what you were trying to achieve with it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And uh, what do you think, this is the final question, by the way, mm-hmm. what do you think makes a good leader? Ooh, you know... Um, you know, the, the go-to is always like communication and things like that. I think the, the biggest thing that leaders have to understand is not about you. I'll, I'll check that. Check that. Here's, the, here's, <laughs> here's, here's what it is. Is that people misunderstand a, a leadership and they think that people are just like leading, that you're leading people and you're moving them through. You yeah. have to understand as a leader, people are allowing you to lead them. Mm. Please, I think I think you and I maybe had that conversation when we were talking in your in your in your van when you were handing yeah, like candy, yeah. candy to the kids, and um, <laughs> gonna take completely that out podcast. of context. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you got to edit that out. <laughs> but no, I think we we misunderstand that you know people after they get to know us and buy into us, mm. they are allowing themselves to be led by you. You're not just necessarily like arbitrarily just leading people. Yeah, you can do that based off of your position. But if you're really like leading people to something of substance um, around a massive central idea, you know, people are allowing you to lead them. They are saying, okay, you know what, Matt? I, 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 I bought into you. This is, you know, take, take me to the promised land, if you will. And there's a massive responsibility associated with that. And if you start to reframe how you think, what you think about leadership, you understand that there's a massive responsibility associated with that. It's not just about the reward and the position. It's the responsibility associated with um, allowing or people allowing you to, to lead them as well. Yeah, that is a fantastic answer. And you can, I like, to, I like that question because it always draws parallels to the content creator themselves and how they create content and why they yeah. create content. And you've just, we've gone back to the beginning there, exactly like it, you're leading people through, you've got your North Stars, we know why you're doing it, it's not about you, but at the same time, put your mask on first before helping others. Mm. You know, it's all that approach. Um, Steve, this has been incredible. Yeah, man. Uh, awesome episode, I've loved it, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, yeah. Ah, I appreciate it, man. They, they, listen to me. Thanks for having me, man. I, I'm, I'm super glad we finally were able to connect. Um, I've, been, I've been looking forward to this conversation. I knew it was going to be awesome. You crushed me with those last two questions. Um, I love them. I love them. I love really good questions, man. I, t- I tell you what. So you, you, did, you did a great job with those. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And that is the end. Thank you for listening to the Cult Creator Experience. I hope this has been helpful. If you have any questions, topics, or feedback you would like to give me, hit me up on Instagram at cult.media, K-U-L-T dot media. And if you need help launching your podcast, growing your podcast, or just starting your content creation journey, let me know. 
I'd love to give you a hand or answer any questions you might have. Head over to cult.media to book yourself a free call. We can have a little powwow about podcasting and content. And until next time, be good. <laughs>